It is often said, where is love, there is also pain. Today we come together in great pain and deep sadness, but we also come with a lot of love. We come with the pain of knowing that Basid, a special and dear friend to all of us here, today lies in silence on a hospital bed outside Paris, fighting for his life. It is the pain of simply imagining the anguish and sadness that his wife, Yesma, sitting by his bedside, and the rest of his family, his mother, his brother, Ramsey, must all be going through at this very moment. It is pain and sadness that is shared by thousands of others, indeed by a whole nation, whose heart has gone out for Basil and continues to pray for him since that fateful Monday afternoon of February 14, a nation that has also been in deep mourning for the late Prime Minister Hariri and more than a dozen others who fell on that day. There is pain, yes, but there is a lot of love here today. In fact, there's always been a lot of love around Basil. Even his return to his home country 12 years ago to be part of Lebanon's rebirth was not only an act of faith, but it was also an act of devotion. It was modest, unpretentious, and largely unspoken commitment and love for his country that drove him there. When he left Washington, D.C. 12 years ago, he left here many friends that loved him, but he didn't really leave any of you. Neither have you left him. Your presence here on this snowy afternoon says it all. If you want to really know about Bess's love, you should ask his wife, Yesma. As many of you know, Yesma and his two little children had been living in Switzerland since last fall because he feared for their safety, as he told his friends. He would go and visit them every time he could. In fact, he had returned to Beirut from Switzerland just a day before that awful Monday. He returned because of what he considered to be important parliamentary duties despite the fact that the following day, February 14, was a very special day. Monday morning, while inside the parliament building, debating the electoral law, he kept calling his office to make sure that the Valentine's Day flowers he had requested would be delivered to his wife. Basil, we pray that one day you'll be able to give Yesma Valentine's Day flowers again. They say you can judge people by their enemies, as well as by their friends. How very true. The forces of darkness that struck Rafiq Hariri and Basil Flehan tell a lot about the two men. It is not a coincidence that the two were sitting next to each other in the car on that awful day. They did that often. The friendship, closeness, and trust that Rafiq Hariri and Basil Flehan had in each other tell a lot. A lot of good things about the two men. Today, as Basil lies in silence and his heart continues to pound under his charred skin, we pray for him and for his family, as we pray for the late Prime Minister Hariri and others who fell on that day. We also tell Basil that in their silence, their voice is now louder than ever. A whole nation is now speaking out. A whole nation is speaking for them, speaking the truth. And speaking the truth sets the spirit free. For 12 years, 
Abbas al-Flayhan, and Rafiq Hariri were helping build a country. Now in their silence, they're helping build a nation. Words shared in Washington, D.C. on behalf of Basil's friends, by his friend and my father, Muhammad Shatah, dedicated to Basil's recovery while their hearts were still beating. Even though we were neighbors in Hamra. Oh, you were facing, neighbors in Hamra. But we never met. And his cousin, they are cousin of my cousin. Wait, sorry. I mean, we're not related no. by blood. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yes. My cousins, they are his cousins. Through different parents. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, that's half of Lebanon, right? Yeah. Really? And we were living next door. Really. So you were... As sort of your youth, you were living side by side. I mean, not side, you know, you know, in like, like literally Hamra facing Street, each other. Yes. you know, it's yeah. a tiny. Uh-huh. So you have this building, yes, and facing the other building, we were on the third floor, and I think they were maybe four or five. But I mean, you know. So during conflict, you were neighbors in Hamra. Yeah, we're littles, you know, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you know each other then? No. No. So you found out later that you were living side. I met him in the U- yes, exactly okay. in the U.S. Yeah. And we met through families, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all his, some of his friends. Yes. I met them, you know, through I see and the Romana, and you know, in okay. the yeah. time of eighty two when there was like. A, right during the Israeli. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Invasion. So uh, we left to you know uh, to Romana, and you know, like the young, right. all the young generation starting to hang out together and uh, play cards. Uh, but you, but you so you did you knew each other and didn't know each other at the same time. I mean you had friends who overlapped. Friends, yeah, but yeah. we never you know talk about or you weren't know, first the name basis. That's no, passive, no, that's no, yes, no, 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 nothing like that. Okay. So I moved to US with my cousin, mm. and um, our Who's cousins, his cousin too? yes, and uh, <laughs> the cousins, uh, not his cousin. No, no, okay, different one. No, right, that yeah. different one. His cousin, mm-hmm. which is his cousin of my cousin, mm-hmm. living in Boston. So I said, oh, yeah, we have the cousin living in the U.S., Basif Lahan, and he can show you around. And, and this is when exactly? What, uh, 19... It was in 90, if I'm recalling, 92 or 93, January 93, maybe. I'm Sometime only asking because that is my first memory of Basif. Oh, okay. From the early 1990s. We were living in the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah. And I met him once, if I'm not mistaken... At Nadine Munla's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Although yeah, I yeah. may have to check up on this, but I think it was there. Well, it's probably because they used to work together. At the IMF. Yes. Right? And I probably did meet him more than once, but that's the memory that I've kept, is that uh, a very sweet man, who I don't know, is talking to me. And, like, and, and uh, I mean, uh, you know, we're talking 11, 12-year-old mind. I'm not... Uh, yeah, but he, the reason I mentioned that is because that year mm-hmm. in particular, there is a almost a, a, a sense of confidence that things are moving finally in the right direction. Yes. It's three years after the Civil War ends, and there's a very important player who's emerging. He's Prime Minister, it's Rafiq Hariri. But it's not just that he's Prime Minister, it's that there's a potential that the goals he's setting out are 
going to happen. Yeah, there's also, yeah, definitely. Basil, he was always, you know, uh, waiting for this moment. He knew one day he will go back. And, you know, when the time came and, you know, proposed, I mean, he had this offer. Yes. So he jumped the conclusion and he believed that Rafi Hariri, you know, is there. And then with the whole project, so he he he, he had a vision. So he yeah. saw it, that this is it. But he had a successful career at the IMF. Yes, he very successful. He did his PhD at Columbia. He was a and Yale well, student, if I'm not mistaken. He exactly, was, yeah. master at Yale yeah. and PhD Columbia. And he was uh, one of the youngest, <coughs> uh, mm. you know, uh, who was working and he had a, a very high position at the IMF. And that kind of commitment to Lebanon is rare, is that you, you are seeing every opportunity to stay and excel in, in Washington, D.C. or in the States, yet you're willing to devote your career to Lebanon. He had all this opportunity not to go back to Beirut. When he told me, for me, I took it like, you know, some, I never thought Lebanon is going to rebuild. Because you had already, so you, you'd met, you were a couple yeah. already. Were you married at that time? No. No. You know, I you was were... continuing my stu- studies. Okay. And he had this offer. And then I said, you know, okay, he's going in June. It's not going to last for too long. So in, in your mind, this, is, this, was a, this was not a permanent for me, yeah. no, because, you know, uh, it's uh, Lebanon, you know, it's difficult, you know, I mean, in history. There was always every 15 years, you know, a war recurrent, you know, conflict. And, and that view is the typical view. But his optimism was... was he knew, no, yeah. he knew that Lebanon is like this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it has something unique. It was joyful, yes. you know. Yes. And even though when he came back in 93, still... There was no still electricity. Sure, sure. And then uh, he used to go up, you know, because on the ninth floor, you know, up uh, by walking yeah. and would uh, laugh and enjoy, you know, never complain. Yeah. So, but for me, I thought, okay, he's going to go, he's going to try for five months and, you know, he will yeah. come back. And that's it. Well, no, <laughs> I ended up. <laughs> so, you moved, so you later... I moved to, to moved, Beirut, yeah. yeah. But the IMF crowd is special. These are people that they're given access to to the world, but their passion is home. It's nowhere else. Because also, what was important, his experience at IMF, usually IMF lend, you know, money to countries. Right. Now he's going to play yes. the way around. Yeah. You know, so... so and the there's no better person to know the inner workings. Exactly. Than, yeah. And at the end of the day, he always say, you know, go... Get the experience outside and bring your experience to your own country and yes. improve your country. This optimism, I think, radiated in very unique ways, aside from economics and finance. I was stuck. We were all stuck in a snowstorm at some mid-1990s blizzard. We were all renting chalets next to each other. Yes, so, this yeah. is chalet. Uh-huh. Your chalet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. And I don't know if you were there. Maybe you were. Yeah, I used to go, but I used to study. <laughs> okay, so you were studying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have this very, very vivid memory of Basid and Nadim, but really Basid, mm-hmm. with the snow sledge thing 
don't know what it's called, the sickle. Yeah. Where they're, like, he's just removing the snow and the ice from the windshield. Yeah, yeah. And he reaches our car and he's doing it. And I have a photo of this. Oh, of him nice. just, you know, grabbing the snow and making it, yeah. And he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Now that is during a blizzard. We're all stuck and, you know, we're trapped. And he's in a good mood. Always. Yeah. And I, I remember that, uh, I mean, I, this is, again, this is my adolescence. I'm not, uh, these memories always tend to be positive and they're fond memories of, of a happy person. Yeah. And I was unaware of what it was back then. Politics, I don't know. I mean, you're a kid, you don't really appreciate yeah. what's happening in the background. You just see somebody living down the hall who's always in a good mood. Good mood and sense of humor. And always he used to turn the things in the... In I found the... his he was a bit sarcastic in the right way. Yes. Yeah. But he never never let... cynical, but no. sar- yeah. sarcastic. But he never let anyone to get to know about his life. <laughs> he knew everything about everybody else, right. but no one knew about him. In, in the private sphere, you in mean? In the private, yeah. What, what does that mean exactly? It means... No, you know, he always, you know, have this... Um, uh, you know the private life. You know, I mean, sometimes uh, you know, you know. I mean, friends they tell about their uh, own friendship or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, I know everything about every single, but no one knows anything about him. His feeling, not his feeling. Right. His wife, children, nothing. You know, it was like cocoon. If anyone cross a limit, he used to know how to put him uh-huh. with a very nice diplomatic yes. sense of humor and everybody makes you know laugh they you know you grasp the message yeah but not taking it personally but the limit would be crossing from the public role to his private life no like for example i remember when he was a minister of economy and uh, i think there was issue about the taxes and i remember i was with my daughter i came to the ministry to say hi and then there was like a group you know waiting you know because they were not happy you know and they had the meeting with basel and basel opened you know i said oh you know thank you and welcoming and they sure. got inside and then i was waiting on the next room and then i saw them going out laughing everybody yeah like believing like okay it's not a big deal to pay taxes you know <laughs> so anyone's looking at said, oh my very, goodness very few people can do that yes, in history had, <laughs> yes he had this capacity of you know taking things it's not a big deal turning things you know uh simple yeah uh and he always to used to see the most important is to believe in yourself no matter what and respecting each one, whoever is, and what is he doing, uh, the most important, not to harm, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, other person. But as long as he's comfortable with himself, you know, it's, you know. You knew him better than anyone. Where does that come from? I actually don't know anyone like him. That kind of really really attractive optimism is a unique yeah. yeah where do you i mean if you if from your own side where do you think that comes from uh from as uh from his childhood when he was a little he has this open-minded and then uh so he never like judge you know anyone and he had you know ambitious understanding and he used to read a lot of Histories, uh, thinker, 
his favorite used to be Shakespeare. He loved Shakespeare. <laughs> Uh, and um, and you know he he linked things and the, and with his father was you know he used to talk to me about his father and how you know all mm. this you know open discussions uh, that they used to have together. This secular tolerant world that exists in very few streets where it's your neighborhood, it's his neighborhood. And, and open to all, you know, religious... Open to know. all... I mean, it, there's no more open space in the Middle East than that neighborhood. Yeah. And I think he took that with him and brought it back as well. And he kept it, wanted to stay. And he took it to his work, took it to his friendship. I mean, you know, I don't know anyone who ran as a minority candidate and won by being very secular... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, and that's it's an anomaly. And he believes in the freedom of speech. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for him, it's very important. Yeah. And even when he was at the UB, he was um, editor in chief, and he wrote an article when mm. uh, the assassination of the president of the UB. His daughter, she wrote a book, and she asked me if she can publish what she wrote with his picture, and she remember of him that. He was always next to them during this yes. time, difficult time. Sure. And uh, But that's his career too, because he's a student at AUB and during the worst times of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And he's still the same person, still the same principles, same I mean same beliefs, operating in a region that is violent, chaotic and And he used to find even though always a solution. I mean mm. you know at this time during Civil War you have a lot of friends, revolutionary, UB, BUC. Sure. You were like with this party or this party, not to mention, you know, even, you know, the opposite. But he used to be friends with all of them and always to find um, a solution. You know, there's always a solution. Yes. And he took that yeah. decades later to a ministry in the government. Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of uh, problem solving that is... Very difficult to achieve in Lebanon. Very, and that's very why difficult. the Institute of Finance, the way he created... Yes. When, um, uh, you know, I mean, the, the all this ministry, the employees, I mean, a lot of employees, it's, a, you know, archaic, it's been a long time, it needs reforms. And he was thinking, you know, what he can do, because for him to to lay down people, this is not a good option. Yeah. Because you create crisis, you know. Yeah. So what it could be to create some kind of institute to reform. And always he puts it in a way, not... He's there without being there. Right. And that's why, you know, what... To set up this institute, uh, Basel Freyhan... Uh, well, it's fitting that they named it after him. Yes, exactly. So that was his view, not to reform, and maybe the those who are has like the retirement age, Mm. to give the chance to the young people. So you don't create a crisis, and and then you create motivation. You know, someone who working in accounting, you can move him to into, you know, legal aspect or, so you know, it's um. So he saw potential in in. That sector, the youth, and he saw that in the 1990s. And he, I mean, we're jumping a bit now, but let's 
go back to 2004, you're in Geneva. Mm -hmm. Did you sense that the same kind of passion was still there, that kind of hope? Or, uh, and I'm talking about him personally, not necessarily what yeah, was happening yeah, yeah, in, in yeah. Lebanon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think the hope is was there. It was permanent. Even, but even though he had a little bit, uh, not fear, but there is like you know, it's you feel like it was the time was quite what you call hot, shaky, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And then we're just waiting for the parliamentary election to finish, and it was on Monday and. And we, he had two tickets. Either he will go back Sunday or Tuesday. Okay. And yeah. then when he called and Rafiq uh, Hariri, he told him, uh, no, the session's still on. Because I told him, I'm sure, you know, this session's going to be on, but nothing's going to happen. Because, you know, when you, I see the vision and the whole complications, I see it, it's complicated. It, it won't be solved like this, you know. So uh, he said, maybe, maybe not, but I have to be there, you know, it's my, I have to be next to him. So, uh, but he said, don't worry, you know, it's only uh, a short period of time. And then he was supposed to come back for my birthday. And he told my daughter that, you know, be good to mommy, you know, I'll be back in two weeks. And um, so he left on Sunday. So Monday he called me in the morning, you know, okay. because it was the Valentine. Yeah. So he was preparing a surprise. So the whole team were, you know, on the site to send me flowers. And then he didn't want to go to the lunch at Rafil Hadiri when because he was hosting lunch at uh, Rayton. Yes. Yes. He said, no, 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 okay, come with me. We'll discuss things. And then you go back after. So, and when he, with my husband with Basel when he takes uh, Basel he doesn't like no one to be in the car yeah. so that's why if he was driving and Basel was next to him yeah. and the whole convoy was behind and this is what happened <laughs> you couldn't recognize him but, uh, that's what I got to know after with the doctor because he was whispering my name and as you know Yasma is not really common, not common name. So they thought he was hallucinating. So they mm -hmm. took his ring, yeah. and then they saw my name, and then they asked him, which year did you get married? He said it. He said it. And he said, call Yasma. Wow. And that's the way. So, and, um, uh, so they called me, but they didn't tell me exactly what's going on, until they decided where they're going to send him to Paris or to the U.S. So, um, so for me, it was, you know, an important uh, to see what's going on. So, and then it, they decided to go to Paris to send him. And they did, you know, friends of mine organizing, you know, the tickets, helping me. Because, you know, it's becoming like, you know, shock or, I mean, like a machine. Yes. So, uh, and I wanted to have my mind, you know, to have all these decisions, mm -hmm. you know, because when he arrived with the plane, Hariri's plane, yeah. and this plane, it was a new plane. Basel was telling me, before he gets the plane, he was telling me, oh, you see, uh, I just received a plane. It's a fantastic plane. It's a huge, this sitting room, you see, it can be transformed into 
intensive care. He was amazed by this room that it can be transformed in intensive care. And few months after, this intensive care was used for him. Yeah. So, and uh, so when I got in, he heard my name because he was sleeping, so he moved his feet. And, uh, and I know he knew that when I'm here, I will not leave a second, you know, to get to know everything, what's going on, what's happening. So, and, uh, and he went to the hospital and since then I didn't leave him, not even a single minute. And he survived 64 days. They succeeded. He was conscious at a certain time. We were able to communicate. Yeah. To communicate, not because he had the trucker to me, so he couldn't speak, yeah, but with letters. And uh, they did beautiful, you know, job. And uh, uh, it's just because of the infection that it comes from the bombs, the uh, explosions, kind of uh, infection that is difficult to get away from it. It's asparagus. That's the name of this infection. And uh, but whoever came after him, usually they never went into treatment because there was no chance. 95% third degrees and after what happens to him because we succeeded everything he didn't lose any single thing uh, they follow the treatment what they've done on Basel and they survive whoever came after even he left his marks at the hospital and I'm still in contact with them some of the stuff okay. at um, and uh, yeah, we it was like a, everybody puts you know, uh, and it's becoming not only you know in the science science but the human love and cares that you give yeah. you know yeah and that uh, and that's what Basel Basel you know he was the smiley face the loving the caring the humble the you know, take things, you know, easily. I mean, it's uh, never impose anything on anyone. Yeah. But in the meantime, he used to be very uh, firm. But he in the, he in was a, not corruptible one bit. I no, mean, not a single person can say anything. Yeah. I want to ask you, do, do you think he enjoyed the role as a minister of economy and trade or do you think he was he doing did, it yeah. he did yeah okay. he did and he did quite a bit of things I mean yeah. he par Paris, 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 Paris yeah. too mm -hmm. he drafted even before he became minister so he yeah. never lost time because yes. when Rafi Hariri was out of the government certain mm. time and Basel resigned from the UNDP yeah. so he uh, gave uh, courses at the UB so he, during this yes, time right. and I was pregnant during this time, he was working on the Paris one. I remember because yeah. he, he told me, "Come, come, look what I'm going, what I'm doing, yeah. and how, explaining to me the Paris one, and how, you know, mm -hmm. you know, to 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 raise the money and how after." So you were part of it. I mean, you were you were there. You were yeah. seeing it in a in a beyond the Every relationship. You were seeing the work being done. You're. Yeah, we had we had a very very strong relationship. Yes. We used to say. If we want to go to the toilet, you know, we'll say, it, you know, we, we to say everything, you know, to each that's other. A little, I mean, that's a little too close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what he used to say, you sure, know, sure, was sure. laughing, you know, at the that's point the that... That's the only moment uh, you should not be together. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, at, at the point that it's uh, <laughs> when I met him, more um, I wouldn't say shy, but more observer. Mm-hmm. You know, taking time, careful. And, you know, and, and, and uh, inclusive. I mean, because he's he's affected many people. There's many people that think of his role in government as the inspiration to try to emulate. And it's not easy to, to, to know how he thinks and how he believes. Yeah. He's open-minded. He's, uh, and, uh, you know, being a humble, yeah. um, pragmatic, yeah. uh, you know, and listener. He's to listen. Yes, and, you know, he even would take the time... It's it's strange to, I mean I I must have been maybe twenty twenty one. I I don't remember. I'm uh, there was a reason I had to go to this ministry, and I did not want to impose. And there was some paperwork or something that needed to be signed, but because Lebanon is so small, and because it's it would be odd if I didn't, mm-hmm. and because family friend and all those reasons. I was told to go say hello to to Basil. And I didn't want to because I didn't want to interrupt him. So I'm a bit nervous entering the ministry. And I mean, here he is, the happiest man in the world showing up, telling me why I didn't come up earlier to say hi. I'm like, you probably have better things to do. <laughs> and it, I, I can say this with full confidence. He made it seem like I was as important as the job. You said it. Yeah. Always when he used to come. I mean, and this is maybe five minutes of his time. It's valuable time. And he's taking the time to see me and to talk to me. And and we probably haven't seen each other for a few years, right? Or if we did, it's... We're not like... I don't see him on a regular basis. He's a minister. He has important things to do. And here I am talking to him. And he's giving me full full attention. Yes. And he was a very human. He used to see everybody. Yeah. And the most important, so whoever used to come to ask for opinion, mm. he never let him to feel that he's giving the opinion. Yes, he, yes. The, the, the person, he felt that, that he found it by himself. Mm-hmm. So he let him to, to, fel, to feel proud. Yeah. The person that, <laughs> I, you know, you came to see me, but you know, I didn't, you find it by yourself. Yeah. So, and that was amazing. Um, did yeah. that? Do you know if that was part of his role as an advisor as well? To no, it was his character. That's his character. Yeah, yeah, even I'm talking with me, you know, whenever I used to, you know, if I want to decide on something, he never told me to do this or to this or criticism or nothing. He used to say, do what you believe yeah. in you. And he used to tell me, I believe in you. And always say, you know, if you believe in this, just do it. And um, so I, first I used to say, okay, why don't you know advise me, you know, or telling me, yeah, okay, this, this. He said, no, at the end of the day, it makes what makes, you have to feel comfortable. So he used to say, if a woman walk nude and she's comfortable with herself, why not? That's you a mean, bold statement, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I'm telling you how he's uh, so, you know, in a way, of, I don't know if he will accept it about his, for his daughter, you know. I was going to say, yeah, it was more for his, you know, so, his yeah, wife or something, is, you know. Yeah. But I mean, to, to, to tell you how he uh, 
can take things. And yep. even when he used to do the interview or talking to people, he never make it difficult language. He make it very simple. Yeah. And then, um, and even with the words, you know, you, you not you can you can um, make the word even doesn't exist in the in the dictionary, but more a funny way and creating a word. used to say, there's no such, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, you have the basic, you know, dictionary words, whatever. But you can play with the words when it um, can make sense with a funny way. They give them all the atu that they will find their decision by themselves. He's very good at that. And, there's, and he was a listener. Yes. Uh, the current Minister of Interior, Rayel Hassan. I spoke to her a few weeks ago about uh, her own her own career through the Ministry of Finance and now the Ministry of Interior. And Bess's name came up several times mm-hmm. and uh, as a very important figure in her career. And, uh, yeah, there, you know, it's a shame that they were not able to reach their full potential. And in a way, Lebanon has not been able to reach its full potential. Uh, but I, I mean, I want to maybe gauge your mind on something very simple. Do you think uh, we will ever see a Lebanon that is more reflective of what they wanted? This inclusive, tolerant place? I think, you know, it, it can. For me, I might be wrong. But how? It's not from one day to another. Yeah. There is a structure. We have 18 confession. And then the family law is in the hands, you know, of not a civil um, so I'm not going to say this. <laughs> so and not in the civil. So everything related to the family is linked to your own religious. So you're tied to. So basically, your survival. Mm. You're giving your your existence based on the religious deciding. Yes. So and it goes. I mean, I, I'm I'm not feminist, whatever. But it goes by holding on the article, tightening the. Um, the woman's right. Um, there's no woman's right. I mean, yes, there is if she's going to give us a hassle. And I think the only thing that we can move slowly, slowly is to start to give specific, precise, because the article in the old religion is uh, for the uh, family law, woman's right, so general. So you can interpret it the way you want. Mm. But if you give very specific, you know, each religion, let's say, and, you know, uh, um, the, same, um, uh, the same rights as the man, especially yeah. in case of uh, children, uh, in case of inheritance, I mean, you know, the, the girl doesn't get like the, the man or all of, these, you know, regulations. Slowly, slowly, even the religious, they will find a way to be able to survive and exist and be still there. Um, and then you can right. give, mm. you know, this uh, bridge to the young generation to have a say in the government. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But now, we, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but... I'm, I'm speculating that 
when his name comes up, no one automatically thinks, oh, the Protestant voice. No. On the contrary, that's actually not even on the radar. He's looked at as a... As a Lebanese. As a patriot and a secularist. Exactly. Uh, Ross Beiruti. Exactly. And, uh, a, and a man very, very skilled in economics and, and that, that world. And an advisor. But the religion doesn't come up, even though he ran as a minority's, you know, candidate and he won. But people don't think, oh, that's the Protestant no. And running. even, no, even us, yeah. even when we meet people, sometimes even they ask me, I said, no, you know, because it doesn't even come to our, our mind to ask. I mean, right. it's not in our... And these are Protestant families that are living in Hamra, yeah. the way any families live exactly. in Hamra. But... And I'll add to that too. Because and I even we never asked, we never knew who's who. Yeah. You know. But that's so that doesn't sound like it was a burden on him. So the the eighteen religions you're you're mentioning, uh, did did that impact his career? Was he? No. Li- no. So no. that's so I'm I'm talking more about the ability to run a ministry, succeed in running a ministry. And at the same time, the inability to survive in Lebanon. It's the two things at once. Mm. You can be in a position of power and be removed from that power, not through votes or through democracy, through violence. I think, yeah, I know, I, if, I'm, if I understood what, you know... What in other words, another Basil Flehan shows up. will have the same, the same fate as Basil Flehan. I think that the, the key, you know, in the ministry, it's not to have a position just... As a minister. In Lebanon, you have to see everyone from bottom to top and be friends to bottom to yeah. top and goes and see where is missing something and get it, you know, solved to make it yeah. uh, the the whole structure. As like Ras Beirut. Yes. So the ministry yes. should be a Ras Beirut. Right. In a way. Yeah. Good relations with everyone where no one's voice is louder than the other. No. Yeah. I'm like to work all in team yes. to get, you know, and result and be motivated. A rare figure in Lebanese history. Mm. There's really no one else that I think in my lifetime will not see someone else like him either. It's very special. And uh, I'm lucky that I met him as a, as a younger man. And I'm lucky I got to see him as a minister. And I still think that despite the way his life ended the way my father's life ended too i think their names they're looked at as sort of first and foremost decent people and they were very decent and and humble and the way you said it that he wouldn't take credit even when credit was due these are these are rare traits in lebanese politics lebanese politics is not known for that no and he did it for his own yeah. Uh, yeah satisfaction yeah. not because he wanted something in return yeah. he wanted you know to improve mm-hmm. the community around and you know to see Lebanon you know yeah. and I still remember the project that he was in you see you see now after this uh, election you know parliamentary election um, the whole ministry will be done reforming at the same time so it's not you start one and two so he had the vision, he has the idea, he has the whole... Yes. But, uh, I mean, he, he's not here, so, yeah. you know, I mean... The, but he saw the broader yeah. picture in Lebanon. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he told me that Lebanon, it will become, again, the center of the whole region. You know, it's just, it, isn't it 
so sad now to have those words from 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and we are now watching this country lose that standing so fast. We always hope, and that's yeah. the that's a it's a DNA thing. Yeah, it's a Lebanese. It's a Lebanese thing. You hope even in the worst of times, but, which is good because you know if it's better look, than being hopeless. That's true, yeah. but it also makes you, in a way, uh, it, it makes you adapt to bad things, and I think that's where we are today. Is that we're 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 able to survive a dark time, when we're perhaps unable to challenge it. And therefore, you know, if I some if Basil was here. If I, I will tell him like this mm. because I'm also was more pessimistic also. He would tell me, you know, the whole world is going through a dark time. <laughs> Maybe a different dark time. Yeah. But if you see in Lebanon, at least, you know, you can always manage to do things with this, you know, spirit. Mm-hmm. And he is not wrong, you know. Because, no. you know, I see the more you know I'm not saying that you know it's gonna be perfect whatever no but uh, you know like for example if I talk to someone in Lebanon or need something there's always someone there there's this genuine warm that you cannot find anywhere else well I didn't I didn't see the whole the we, word we, we but look I mean, for it and we never find it anywhere else yes yeah. and that's why why we go back I remember yeah. my the sister of my grandmother, even no, the uh, you know grand grandparents, they used to live in California, Chicago. They made their fortune, and they decided after to go back to Lebanon, you know, to buy land. So it's been always the case, you yeah. know. Lebanese leave uh, abroad for studying, to make money, to make business, and then after, they wanna come back. And that their destiny lies there because they have the skills to take them away clearly. They, they excel abroad, but they don't feel at home anywhere but Lebanon. Yeah. And that is something very special. And that's what I learned from Basel. It's a work in progress to retain optimism. When you've been so close to tragedy, it becomes harder. But I think you're, you're providing a good example of to... to to continue being hopeful just um, against the odds. Yeah, and you know, um, when it happens, it's very difficult. And the pain is there. You yeah. learn how to live with the pain. But um, I remember I used to walk this after two, three weeks he passed away. How I'm going to deal with this and I have to stay for my children because yeah. part of me was what died with Basel and the other part was with my for my the sake of my children so I was walking 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 I said I think when I will start to help and make somebody else happy Hmm. and the you know the young or and you know you feel like you're it's like a therapy or you, you can do you feel doing something so, and uh, that's why I, you know, worked on uh, myself, even though with the pain, and then it's, the pain's still there. You know, uh, Basil, he's, he lives with me every day, you know? Yeah. And when, when I take it, it's a, life is like a bracket, you know? I mean, no one ever going to stay forever. That's true. So, and I said, okay, during this time, let's 
may try the best out of it. And even though with the whole pain, and sometimes it's not easy, sometimes, you know, I got really upset because of the injustice. Sometimes things doesn't get the way you wanted. And then, okay, I leave it. I said, doesn't matter. Things will come. You know? Yeah. But through... Uh, it's never easy. But um, we're here for a story. I wrote a book for the children. Who am I? Is it's some... very for the little children. Okay. It's um, 2006 after yeah. the, the conflict between Israel and Lebanon. Yes. Mm. And when I saw the children from both sides, mm. happy that, you know, sending uh, of you. And I said, what are we building as a generation? And during the night... It came, at this time, you know, helping me also the therapy to write. So uh, I wrote a text, and I showed it to Hassan Twain. Okay. Hassan was a bit, uh, said, no, this is not for the little ones, this is for the... It's for the I, older one. I said, you know, the older one, it's a hopeless case. Sure. <laughs> we lost hope. Okay. So let's start with, <laughs> to build with the yeah. little ones, because those are the future. And to think, before getting into violence... Let's, you know, uh, to review yeah. ourselves, yes. or yes. you know, yeah. uh, and it's uh, it's it, it the book is not telling them what to do. No, it's interactive. It's just you know, letting them to be conscious about uh, our aesthetic. Like we yeah. have two eyes and not three or four. <laughs> we have one noise only. It's all for the reason the five yeah. senses. And after to go to the whisper of the heart. Because the heart is very important and loving and caring. And after how, you know, I make it, you know, the story short. Uh, what would, what would, would you like to have your story to be? I mean, you know, you draw your noise, you draw your, uh, um, who you love. So this, this inclusivity, it's, uh, it's the same principle. It's that these are the common things and let's build from there. And, you know, and for the children, it will stick in their yes. mind because they're little. But so. it seems that you and Bessel were meant to be together because you're from... That's what he said. I, I, I sense it from talking to you that you're both of the same... You're from the same exact place. If you have a dream or something in mind, you can make it happen. But it's all about how you proceeded and persistent. And sometimes you feel like you fail. And sometimes I said to the children, you have to fail to succeed. Because otherwise, how we want to see what's successful? And Lebanon and Ras Beirut, if the young generation, they wanted to make it happen, it can start it from street by street. There's an architect I, I actually spoke to recently, Mona al Now she runs AUB's Ras Beirut initiative. Yeah. And that's how she operates, street by street, ground up. And she's doing tremendous work. Of course, it's a very difficult process. And she also described the ultimate goal, which is a, sh- a shared, a, a, a renewed faith in community, which is not there at the moment. Or it's, it's, not, it's not where it should be, that it's, the, the obstacles are severe. It could be obstacles from poor governance. It could be from corruption. It could be from 
mismanagement, and sometimes it has to do with war too. Yeah. But there is a uh, there is a passion there. Anyone from Rust Beirut old enough to remember the better years? Yes. Wanting that to return. These great people that paid the ultimate price for their ambition. Mm-hmm. They've left. They've left us with a deep longing for a sovereign, free Lebanon, and if that's the dream. Mm-hmm then I really hope your optimism spreads and you, somebody like you is good for me as, an, as somebody who doesn't always see the optimism. But I, I think it's, it's a healthy way. So thank you for your time, Ms. Thank you so much. wraps up the first 10 episodes of the Beirut Banyan. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, please consider a donation through Patreon. We set up a page. Simply search for the Beirut Banyan via Patreon or go to our website, beirutbanyan.com, and you'll see the Patreon button directing to our page. Please donate as much as you'd like. We've explored a lot of topics so far. Film, transport, heritage, diplomacy, secularism and sectarianism, the debate surrounding civil marriage, the Ministry of Interior, human rights, and the legacies of Samir Asir and Basil Flehan. And the next 10 episodes will continue expanding on new themes, new terrain, more guests, more topics, and there will be commentary and stories shared in between. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Until next time. I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan.